You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Today, I'm visiting the Aetherius Society, Britain's oldest UFO religion. They just so happen to have their headquarters here in London. The society is open to visitors, but wary of investigators like me. It had been a long process to arrange this visit. They wanted to know why I'd taken such an interest in their group. I kept my answers vague. Something along the lines of alien communications on human media... I didn't want to divulge too much. You see, I've been following the trail of a mysterious voice that broke onto British television. The message is a cosmic warning to humanity, full of strange esoteric phrases. The trail has led me to this group. One person in particular. Oh my God, is that it? Oh, it's really pretty. Yeah, it's in a weird location. It's sort it of very is. nondescript. I met my producer Nikki on a quiet residential street in Fulham, West London. She was waiting for me outside a small terrace house. She pointed to the placard on the door. Aetherius Society, European Headquarters. I'm not sure what a UFO temple was supposed to look like, but it wasn't this. It was far too... quaint. Like nice too. neighbourhood for it. Yeah, really nice neighbourhood. <laughs> I wonder is there a big... Uh, like community in the locality or is it usually people who travel okay well we walk across and we'll get our mics set up after a quick pep talk we turned on the microphone and headed inside i'm tommy trelawney this is the interruption a podcast from stack episode six take me to your leader I'm on a mission to make my degree in theology useful. In an attempt to solve a 45-year-old cold case, I've been brushing up on my knowledge of UFO religions. You know, those alien-based faiths I've been banging on about. It all goes back to our primary piece of evidence, 
the alien message that appeared on British television. The six-minute warning from Vrilon of the Ashtar Command, urging viewers to embrace peace, abandon weapons of evil, and prepare for the age of Aquarius. The warning is well-versed in the language of UFO religions. Suspiciously so. I suspect that whoever was behind it must have belonged to one of those groups. But which one? UFO religions are a mixed bunch. It's not a case of one saucer fits all here. Does Vrilon's message match the teachings of a specific movement? The first port of call was Ashtar Command, the organisation Vrilon claims to represent. That phrase, Ashtar Command, goes back to a contactee named George Van Tassel, the founder of one of the earliest UFO groups in California. But by the 70s, that Ashtar movement had since disbanded. Plus, they didn't have any presence here in the UK. Okay, so what about Scientology, the most well-known UFO religion? Well, by the 70s, the church did have centres across the world. But Vrilon's message doesn't sound like something a Scientologist would say. Scientology has its own unique phrases, like engrams, operating thetans, and evil lord Xenu. It's not them, either. But there is one UFO religion that Vrilon's message does have a lot in common with. A group which encourages members to embrace peace, abandon weapons of evil, and prepare for the age of Aquarius. The Aetherius Society. Perhaps someone from this group was behind the interruption. Before we make any accusations, let's get to know them a little first. Remember Michael Rothstein from episode 2? Well, I'm a professor of history of religion. The Danish academic who studies UFO religions. The Aetherius Society is one of his main areas of research. He's written a number of influential papers on them. The Aetherius Society is... Um, is one of the the oldest and well most well established uh, so called UFO religions. I believe it was founded in 1954, perhaps the year before. I'm not sure, by a man uh, called uh, George King. Earth, as you call it, faces a certain situation. Uh, he was a London taxi driver. He was interested in the occult, in the yoga, meditation, and things like that. And according to the uh, the movement's uh, founding myth, he was approached by this strange being who suddenly stood in his room, apparently could walk through walls or walk through closed doors, a being known as Aetherius, who said, you have been chosen to become Earth's spokesman in the intergalactic planetary parliament or whatever it was called suggesting that there was a political alliance between uh, beings on the various planets uh, of the cosmos. And George King should represent Earth here. Just like any religious prophet, George King had a calling from the heavens. Or, in this case, the planet Venus. The Master Aetherius had chosen George as a mouthpiece for his interstellar words of wisdom. George was able to enter a trance and channel his master's voice directly. I've met one of these contactees before. I'm looking for specifically to talk with the Ashtar Galactic Command. Are you able to, to call them up? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. There's a specific being I'm looking for, and it's Vrilon. Vrilon from the Ashtar Galactic Command. Anyway, in 1950s Britain, 
George King had become a public curiosity. Perhaps unsurprisingly, he was even invited onto an episode of BBC Lifeline to demonstrate his alien channeling abilities. Now, who is going to speak through you this evening, if you can get in touch? Uh, 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 intelligence from the planet Venus, uh, who we call Ethereus. Right. Will you now try to go uh, into a transform? I will try. He puts on a pair of black goggles and slowly lowers his head. After a minute's silence, he lifts his head back up and exhales. Good evening. Good evening. My dear friend. Your name is? I am known as Ethereus. I've been in this interviewer's position before. Where are you speaking from now? I'm sorry, my dear friend, I cannot answer that question for you. I had wondered simply whether you were in a vehicle of some kind, of a spaceship described by Mr. King when he was talking to me, or whether you were in your normal abode. But you can't tell me that? Uh, no. But Master Aetherius was not here for idle chit-chat. Uh, no. There was an important message that humanity needed to hear. Earth, as you call it, faces a certain situation. The situation can be described as rather a dangerous one. You are liable to upset the balance of your Earth through number one, atomic experimentation, and number two, your deviation from the spiritual laws. And your visits are designed to warn us against this? Yes. These are the same concerns that crop up in Vrillon's speech. First, the nuclear issue. All your weapons must be removed. And then, the bit about accepting spiritual laws. Many go as wide as this. Then they run out. This master Aetherius has a lot in common with our Vrillon. They both think that humankind is in trouble and are doing all they can to help. These beings had the same agenda as almost all beings in UFO religions to help us evolve spiritually and to help us avoid a nuclear disaster. And George King took this very seriously and, um, and publicly announced his, uh, his, uh, his um, mission and uh, had a small gathering around him. And the last time I visited them, they had their centre in Fulham Road in London. After his first contact with Master Aetherius, a small group of devotees gathered around George King these meetings would often take place inside his house, where members would eagerly listen to his cosmic sermons. And now, my message this evening will be quite short. His followers would start to refer to him as Dr. King, although it's still unclear how he got his doctorate. Like any religious group, the Aetherius Society has its own forms of worship, Yoga is a big part of it. King was an accomplished yogi, apparently practicing for eight hours a day. After establishing the first centre in London, George King left for America, 
eager to spread the word of Aetherius. He spent the rest of his life in sunny California, where he met fellow UFO contactees like George Van Tassel. Today, the Aetherius Society has outposts around the globe. The international numbers are modest, but I guess UFO religions have always been quite a niche interest. By the time of the interruption in the late 70s, the Aetherius Society was already well established in Britain. I have reason to believe that whoever was behind the interruption was from this group. Frillon's message matches the beliefs of the Aetherius Society to a T, especially that concern over nuclear weapons and the desire for humans to reach higher realms of spiritual evolution. But what's the motive? Well, it's hard to know for sure, but Professor Michael had a good idea. Back in episode two, he told me this. I think this was done in order to inspire people. I think that the people who did it, did it in order to show people what the Space Brothers would say had they taken the opportunity to intervene at that point in the program. I think people have had an urge for the Space Brothers to do it, but it didn't happen. So why not do it themselves to show what was potentially possible? You could say that this is fraud, of course. Of course, it is in a way, but I would rather interpret it as a genuine attempt to um, reveal important religious messages to people. Missionary work. Spread the word, grow the movement. If this hunch is right, and they were involved, I had better arrange a visit. Last one is to ring the Altarius Society. Should yeah. So, their number is... Yeah, what would be great would be to come in and have something recorded, you know, just maybe the environment and, and, and maybe even sit down with a member to chat. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a podcast. It's with Stack Productions and it's it's kind of exploring the idea of um, communications with extraterrestrial life and uh, the sort of movements in the 20th century that sort of you know, um, to kind of, yeah, that, that sort of thing. And, and the Ethereum Society is one of them, especially prominent in the UK. Yeah. After a rigorous vetting process, they agreed to let us bring our recording equipment. They also allowed us to interview Richard Lawrence, the executive secretary, one of the most senior positions in the group. When I began investigating the Ethereum Society, I looked for people who could have been involved. Of anyone in the group, it was Richard that I wanted to speak with the most. He's been involved for a long time. Of anyone in the Ethereum Society, Richard would know best whether there had been any involvement. And maybe, just maybe, he was behind it. After all, the alien voice is male, has a British accent, and was clearly well-versed in UFO spirituality. Richard fits the bill pretty perfectly. And that brings us up to now. Nikki and I have just walked through the front door. Showtime. Hi, it's lovely to meet you. I'm Nikki. Waiting for us is Ayub, the person I had been speaking with on the phone. He warmly greets us and takes us to the front desk to sign in. As he's organising things with Nikki, I look around the reception. 
coffee table, comfy chairs, and a few posters on the wall. It looks a lot like a waiting room for a dentist. We follow Ayab into a kitchen. Being a Wednesday morning, a few members were enjoying their breakfast. The building had a family feel to it. Then I remembered, at one point, this was George King's actual home. We are soon joined by a middle-aged man wearing a blue buttoned-up shirt. Before us was the man I suspected of being Vrilon. And he just offered us tea. Yeah, I'll take your tea if there's one. Yeah, just... Yeah, just milk. You might not be able to tell, but I was really nervous. I didn't have much to go on. Just a strong feeling that we were about to unveil our culprit. Richard Lawrence, the Executive Secretary of the Aetherius Society. Richard leads the two of us upstairs to his office, Ayub following closely behind. It's full of neatly arranged books. Many are written by Richard himself. On the walls hang framed photos of their founder, George King. By the door is a purple banner adorned with the society's logo. It looks a bit like the number three and a triangle. Thank you so much. Wow, that is an amazing view. It's not bad for, for Fulham. Through a set of French doors is a small balcony, converted into an outdoor meditation space. It's peaceful. Are we recording? We are now, but take your time on whatever you want to actually start. A member has just brought us our tea and biscuits. Ayab is sitting in the corner of the room. He's a friendly presence, but is here to observe the conversation. In case anyone says something accusatory. The Ethereum Society discovered it recently because I've been looking into UFO spirituality. The thing I was curious to know is what, what is your role within the society? Me personally? You're, you personally? Um, well, I've been secretary here for over 40 years, if you can believe that, yeah. You've got, you're meant to say, no, I can't believe no. that. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't believe it. <laughs> So my role here is essentially to run the European African. We're very, we, you know, wonderful um, members in Africa. Yeah. Um, that section, uh, but we work. We work internationally. We're not massive, as I told you. We're definitely um, the world's, as far as I can tell, from all our research, the world's oldest, most long-standing UFO contact organisation. Um, and we, you know, we our lineage goes back to 1955. Mm. In London. Richard first heard about the Aetherius Society at university. They were apparently listed in his students' union. He went along to one of the meetings and I guess has never looked back. What drew me though to Dr. King, I must be honest, wasn't UFOs at all. It was um, the yoga aspect and, and, and not just the Hatha yoga but the yoga philosophy. I'm, I'm still into that now to this yeah. day. But then I had a UFO sighting while I was there. Oh, really? And it was, uh, you know, quite a, a lot of people saw it. Actually, I think hundreds of people saw it. So what they used to call a cigar-shaped object. Yes, I've heard there's, there's the flying saucer. Yes, and then right. it was The cigar-shaped yeah, in those yeah. days. Now it's the tic-tac and the, you know... Finding different food yeah. stuffs. <laughs> Years pass, and Richard gradually rose up the ranks of the society. He became good friends with George King and even co-authored some of his books. So what do, what do extraterrestrials want from humanity, or want for humanity? Great question. What they want for humanity is enlightenment, peace, salvation, 
and they want they help they do help i believe they definitely help have definitely helped with the nuclear issue but they'll only go so far so they want all those things for humanity they want wisdom you know they want everyone to live uh, in harmony all the things that you'd expect really but they will they won't interfere with us and that's where spirituality really comes in richard is keen to stress that extraterrestrials will do all they can to help us but interfering with, say, the television is a step too far. Does he know why I'm here? Some believe they did interfere with us. They did, okay. Um, which is <laughs> leading on to the... What I wanted to do was... I don't know, have you heard of the Southern Television interruption? I open my bag and bring out a sheet of paper. It's a transcript of Vrillon's message. So, yeah, the, the story I'm working on is about this interruption in the 70s. Yeah. And, you know, it... I vaguely remember it, yeah. Oh, do you remember? Do we, vaguely, yeah, I do. Did you see it at all? I didn't see it, no. But, no, I mean, I, I, I heard about it because, obviously, I was in, you know, doing a lot of radio shows in those days and things, uh, just generally on UFOs. Do you want me to read it? Do you want me to look at it and comment oh, I, on it or not? I would love to. I'd love to. Putting on his glasses and running his finger down the page, Richard begins to read the message aloud. So they're talking about some disasters coming. So great awakening, yeah. So far there's nothing that looks wrong. The know it's going to be a time of great peace, even if you're ahead of And listen, for your chance may not come again. It's a bit of a threat there, isn't there? All your weapons of evil must be removed. Time has now passed. I read your apartment through the highest stages of evil if you show yourself worthy. A short time. There's a bit of a warning here. Do we know what time frame there? Short time could be anything, couldn't it? Anything, yeah. Galactic time, even. This phrase I'd learned from my interview with Vrillon. I have still no clue what it actually means. Yeah, there was a Vrillon. Never heard of Vrillon. And there are many... So these... Oh, this is Vrillon's message. So he's talking about himself. Hear now the voice of Vrillon. In other words, me. Yeah, he's, it's see. Vrillon's yeah. message yeah. to the world. Yeah. Be aware that there are many false prophets and guides. They will suck your energy from you. The energy you call money. Put it evil and give you worthless dross. From this, you were No, I don't see anything actually wrong in it. Do you? That was directed to Ayab, who nods quietly. There's a slight implication that there's only a short time, and what that means isn't clear, and what they mean. So I couldn't say no, that's a wrong statement in there, other than I, you know, don't think it's... Um, I've never heard of Vrillon, and um, I don't think it would, it would be extraterrestrials doing this. As a leading figure in Britain's UFO scene, I was expecting him to believe it was a genuine alien transmission. Why is he so sure? There is common ground. I, mean, I don't want to get this wrong. We're, we're not saying no one else has had a contact other than Dr. George King. We're not saying that. Yeah, there's, there's, there's talk of obviously laying down your weapons and being at peace. And uh, yeah, so you could, and the age of Aquarius. Yeah. Uh, that's not just in the UFO movement, of course. Theosophy that's and right. elsewhere. So you could find those things. Uh, I've studied it, but I'm, I'm sure to answer your question, there'll be things in here I probably would agree with, yeah. doesn't yeah. mean it's true, though. The source isn't true. Let's talk about the source. You know, yeah. uh, you're of the opinion, and, and they're saying here, that it's human in origin. It's, yeah. It could be a, a pirate. 
do you have any thoughts on, on who might have done it or even why they might have done it? Well, I mean, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I could see two scenarios. One is they're just straightforward hoaxers who are just having a prank. That's quite possible. So, you know, it might be a well-intentioned person who thought in desperation, let's just um, try and get a good message out, albeit in a wrong way. Yeah. Which I wouldn't agree with, but a lot of well-intentioned things go on, don't they? Yeah. So why that station? Wouldn't it have been better, had it been aliens, to pick, you know, Granada, where they couldn't pick up a, a bogus signal from Hampshire or wherever it may have come from? Yeah. Um, but anyway, that, that's, that's by the by. What, what's their motive? It's always difficult to ascribe motive. It's not impossible. It was people who believed this kind of thing and thought, look, you know, we've got to fake it up a bit for a good reason. I wouldn't agree with that myself. I think you should stick to the truth. Let's dispel any rumours. The theorisati, is it connected to this? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I know that <laughs> yeah. because I, I wasn't secretary then. 77, wasn't it? Yes. But I, I was on the committee here, I was a school teacher here in, in Fulham, and I, I would know if we were, and we weren't. Yeah. Yeah. And the further rumour, let's dispel, because I have actually heard it online, the voice we're looking for is a young man, a um, British accent, and was interested in UFO spirituality. Um, you don't have anything to do with As somebody said I did. So I, I read online that someone because it was like, great. theory society, Maybe, maybe. Right. And, I mean, actually, what do you think about that? You know, I shouldn't say this, but I think I mentioned I did drama. And if I was doing that voice, I think I'd do it better. <laughs> yeah. but, you couldn't one-up for it. <laughs> but I didn't. Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. made, you made my day, though. Oh, Thank you very much. So, the so, stuff that goes out is incredible, isn't it? I would love to It wasn't me, no. It wasn't you. I'm, no. I'm glad we can... I feel a bit silly asking that. But no, I don't mind. No, no, I like it. I like I, it, I yeah. just saw it online... That's good, I that's chalk that one up, that's a good one. <laughs> Ugh. I felt dumb asking. Especially because of the dumb way I asked it. I made up the bit about people online saying he was responsible. Truth is, I was the one who thought he was responsible. But I didn't have the guts to say it was my idea. I was nervous. Ayub was watching. Regardless, Richard denies any involvement, neither from the society or from him. I'm glad he found it amusing, but of course, I'd hoped it was him. I could tell he is being very careful with his wording, clearly wanting to distance the Ethereum Society from the interruption as much as possible. So, yeah. the Ethereum Society might not have any connections to this event. Um, where do you it doesn't think... have any connections to that event. Yeah. The, this, yeah, There's this, no might about that. No. Let's, uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's dispel that rumour. It's a it, that out. I hadn't heard that rumour. That's good, yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, sort of like, like, it makes sense why people might think that. But then in which case, it, you know, why would we say Ashtar, though? You know, you think that doesn't quite hang together, yeah. does it? That's a fair point. If the interruption was by the Aetherius Society, surely you'd expect to hear the Master Aetherius over the telly. Not some Vrillon from the Ashtar command. Where do you think, if I'm trying to find out more about this message, where should I, where should we... This message? Yeah, where should we go next? Any, any advice, any... Uh... 
clues you might know of? My, actually, um, this isn't advice you want, but my advice would be to really, if I was in your boat, but I, you know, we're very different, but would be to try and find out what the real space message is. And, 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 you know, you've come to the right place here and we've sort of explained why they wouldn't do this. Um, in terms of the sort of uncovering this possible hoax, that's a, just a journalistic project, I think. It has nothing to do with UFOs, probably, I would suggest. Just taking, assuming for the moment it's a fake person, they could quite easily get some buzz phrases, couldn't they? Even from us, and stick them in. It's quite possible, by the way, it's taken from other messages. And they've just used words they've found and put them into this form. Yeah. You can, I mean, you can sympathise with the desire. It'd be great. I think it would be great myself if, if uh, all the, you know, it'd be great if UFOs landed openly and proved themselves. I think it'd be great. If, but they have a subtle plan. That's not their idea to do things like this. Richard stressed that under no circumstances would an alien intelligence interrupt a broadcast. It's unbecoming of a cosmic master. I have a disappointing feeling that Richard is telling the truth. A few minutes later, Thank that was it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. After the interview, Ayab took Nikki and I downstairs to a small chapel. Ayab asks us not to record, as this is a sacred space. He guides us around the room. In one corner, there are statues of the Buddha and Jesus. Beside them are photos of Dr. King. In one of them, he's adorned in priestly robes, a hand resting upon a follower's head. I'm not a religious person, but I do feel a sense of calm in the room, a serene stillness of being in a place of worship. After we quietly look around, admiring the chapel, Ayub tells us a little bit about his story. For many years, he had been a volunteer at the society, coming in on weekends and nights to help out. In recent years, he was made the head of media relations and could do this work on a full-time basis. 
He explains that being in the Athera Society gives his life structure and purpose. To Ayub, the Athera Society has helped him realise how there is more that unites us earthlings than divides us. We stay in the chapel for a while, quietly chatting, quietly thinking. Eventually, it's time to leave. Wow. That was an experience. That was really, really interesting. Nikki and I take a seat in a cafe on the other side of the street. We can see the Athera Society through the window. They really, 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 really hold Dr King in the highest regard possible. Like, I felt like, different from where you were sitting, because you were sitting kind of facing Richard, but the way I was facing, I was facing the portrait of him over Richard's desk, and it was like a life, like kind of like a realistic life drawing kind of sketch of, of George King. And I found it at one point, my eyes kept, like, without even meaning to, when I was listening along, my eyes would drift up and I almost got this kind of very weird feeling that I was being watched, even though I knew I wasn't, but it was in my head. He felt, because he was so, it was like he was in the conversation, it was like he was there because he had, he was in every single thing said was referred back to him. And then he was staring at me from a very realistic drawing and I was just like, We've spoken a lot about UFO religions over this journey. Here's my take on them. I don't think they're that strange. At first, they are a little quirky. But once you get to know them, you'll find a genuine expression of religious belief. And are they really that different to mainstream religions? Myths, magic and monsters have been replaced with sources, spacecraft and science fiction. To me, it's religion repurposed for the modern age. One that has to account for science. Or at least attempt to. One thing these UFO religions have to navigate around is the accusation that they're a cult. It's a loaded term, and when used incorrectly, it can do more harm than good. In fact, academics of religion, like Michael, suggest avoiding that word altogether. Well, talking about new religions, it's an area that you can't really avoid because uh, the whole phenomenon has been wrapped in the debate of cults and destructive sects and, and so on and so forth. Basically, uh, we would say as, as scholars of religion that uh, religious groups deemed as cults are those that we don't like. It's a sociological thing, not a substance thing. Usually people in these small religious groups are just as human as everybody else. There may be trouble in small religious groups, But come on, there are trouble in large religious groups as well. So if they are cults, it's because they're different, not because they are dangerous. It's not the UFO beliefs that make a group a cult, but the dynamic of oppression and control it has over its members. The Ethereum Society has been wrapped up in the whole debate. Perhaps unfairly. It happens a lot. When I visited them in Fulham, I found a positive community atmosphere and a genuine sense of spiritual exploration. Plus, what cult serves tea and biscuits to podcasters? I should probably stop using that word. Cult. Okay, I'm done. As we finish our coffee, the conversation turns to our investigation at hand. Things aren't looking good. We've arrived at another dead end. This setback is particularly painful. It's our final lead. I have... The thing I really learned from this, and something that I think is kind of confirmed what I felt, is 
I cannot find a group of Ashna Command at the moment. There's no religion living in the UK or even like elsewhere that will represent this interruption. You know, um, so trying to find that the group that have done it, difficult. It makes me think that whoever did it was probably a lone actor, maybe not affiliated with any group, um, which becomes way harder to find. It's becoming more and more apparent that we may not find this person. We've got no names, no motive, and frankly, no clue what to do next. I hadn't planned for this. What does this mean for the investigation? What does this mean for my New Year's resolution? I'm back from my holidays on Monday night. But the thing is, I think right now we have hit a dead end. I feel that way too. Yeah. yeah, and look, there's there's nothing wrong with that. It happens in the best of times, the best of investigations. Yeah. It happens. <sighs> I leave that cafe feeling down. The reality of not finding this person is setting in. I really thought we were going to get somewhere with this. Whenever I get stuck, I listen to the audio of the interruption. This is the voice of As if I hadn't heard it enough already by now. Usually, I find that low, distorted voice gives me motivation. But now, it felt like it was taunting me. All your weapons Who are you, Frillon? The person I'm looking for is wearing that alien language and distorted crackle like a mask. I have an idea. I open up some audio editing software and mess about with the voice. I'm not sure why I didn't think of this before. I shift the pitch up to a normal human tone and do my best to clear up the static. Here's what I get. This is the voice of Alma, representative of the Ashtar Galactic Kamala speaking to you. This is the real voice of Rilon, the person behind it all. I feel so tantalizingly close, yet so frustratingly far. All your weapons of evil must be removed. The time for conflict is now past. Nikki and I agreed to close the UFO religion angle of our investigation. It was getting too painful to keep going back to square one. Hey Tommy, just said I'd send you a voice note. I know um, that it all isn't great timing. You know, we had that big kind of bump in the road yesterday with the Ethereum Society. But look, I know I'm going on holidays now but we'll reconvene afterwards. Um, I don't think this is over. Maybe we have to, you know, as we were saying, look back at the other routes and yeah, look, just, we won't give up. Um, I'm gonna try and switch off from alien mode um, while I'm on my holidays, but do give me a voice note or a call if, if anything comes up or if you find out anything. But yeah, other than that, I will see you in a week or so and yeah i can't wait to tell you how pharaoh is okay bye that was on a wednesday but on friday that man is brillon that man is brillon get in get in anyway have a great holiday sorry to interrupt you i thought this probably is warrants me messaging you okay have a nice holiday bye 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 and you've heard from him already but that's next time on the interruption
The Interruption is a Stack production, written and presented by me, Tommy Trelawney. It was produced and co-written by Nikki Anderson. Sound design by Tom Wally. Executive production for Stack came from Luke Moore, Charlie Morgan, and John Teague.